the Mile High Movie Club. Hey, Dad, you want to have a catch? Burn some dust here. Eat my rubber. <laughs> Let me tell you something you already know. The world ain't all sunshine and rainbows. It's a very mean and nasty place, and I don't care how tough you are, it will beat you to your knees and keep you there permanently if you let it. You, me, or nobody is going to hit as hard as life. But it ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward, how much you can take and keep moving forward. That's how winning is done. When you pull on that jersey, you represent yourself and your teammates. And a name on the front is a hell of a lot more important than the one in the back. Get that through your head. Again. I'm here to fight for truth and justice in the American way. You can tell him to his face. You can spit in his eye. You can make him eat sand out of the road. You can shoot him in the foot and I'll hold him for you. But first, we gotta catch him. I'm a Jedi, like my father before me. Jacob Roth and Mason Stewart. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Mile High Movie Club. I'm your host, Mason. We've also got your co-host, Jacob Roth, as well. How are you doing today, Jacob? I'm doing pretty good. How are you? I'm feeling pretty good. It's been a good week. Busy for me. I'm sure busy for everybody else. Uh, we seem to kind of be readjusting ourselves back into normal, normality. Is that a word? Probably not. Uh, yeah, everything is kind of opening up. I'm a little, yeah. I'm a little pissed because uh, so we've got two golf courses here in Laramie, and one of them, it's kind of crappy, um, and it's expensive too. More expensive than the one that I usually golf at. Yeah. Uh, um so yesterday i went and golfed at that one because they are pretty much fully open um and it was awesome i finished nine holes in just about an hour okay i didn't golf my best but it was one of the first times i've golfed in a couple months so as to be expected but the the other one the the university one they're not doing carts unless you've already bought a cart membership for like over $200 or if you buy a cart membership and the hell if I'm doing that, no. And then, um, they don't even have push carts and my bag doesn't have a strap. So there's no oh, way you're I'm just, just carrying that thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's just, so I don't know what I'm going to do with myself. I guess That's I'll fair. just keep going to that crappy expensive yeah. golf course for the next few days. How much do you pay for a round of golf? Cause over here it's about 80 bucks for a full round. Um, yeah, it's neither of the courses here are that expensive. I know I, I still use my student ID from University of Wyoming uh, for the university course. And I think, yeah. uh, I think 18 is like 40 something. Okay. Not bad. But Ours crazy, does include cards too. So that's, that's, yeah, nice. that's, that's the price I'm talking about. The expensive one that I was talking about, the one that's a lot crappier, it's only nine holes. And for nine holes in a cart, it's like 40-something as well. Nine holes? Why? Yeah. <laughs> Why yeah, do I want to play nine it. holes and a cart for 40 bucks? Yeah. I, I mean, I do. I, I'm the sucker that well, it. Yeah, well, I mean, 
to be fair, I mean, you just, like you said, you don't want to be carrying around your golf clubs for a full yeah. 18 rounds. So I, I can't blame you. I can't fault you at all there. All right. So, but yeah, uh, working seems to be kind of, everybody's getting back into the flow of easing themselves back in and whatnot. And I think it's a good time. And I think the movie industry is probably heading back towards that way as well. I think maybe a couple of things, hopefully, sooner rather than later maybe i would imagine probably everybody going back to work maybe around june july yeah i don't know i'm still a little scared of the movie industry i don't know how soon we're actually going to be getting anything because there's so many people on sets for pretty much anything that i think places are just going to be too scared to do anything with it i think that this whole ordeal will probably push any production stuff back until at least august for movies and that's not to say that i think that's not when the rest of the country is going to open up i think it'll be before that but movies you can make the argument that they're a lot less essential than even like sports are i think we see sports come back around july at least i hope we do (laughs) Me Um, yeah it's uh it's getting i wouldn't say boring but i feel like we're hitting that point where we talked about it two weeks ago where we're just kind of starting to cruise at this point. There's not a lot of new things coming out. Things aren't coming out just because a lot of things have been delayed. So I know, watched a new movie. What, what movie? Bad education. That it was an HBO movie. Funny um, enough is one of the movies I was going to talk about. Oh, really? Nice. Yeah. yeah. Hugh, uh, Hugh Jackman and Allison Janney. Jimmy Tatro. It's always very weird to see Jimmy Tatro. Ray Romano um, as well. Ray I Romano. was really surprised to see Ray Romano. Yeah, I like Ray Romano a lot. I do too. I, I mean, because he was in The Irishman and stuff, yeah. so that wasn't as jarring as seeing a guy like Jimmy Tatro, <laughs> who I know from like my high school years of watching his YouTube channel. Yeah, comedy that I think stuff. still exists, but it's just kind of weird to see that yeah. frat guy be on a movie. No, I, I was I was thoroughly – I mean, I saw Hugh Jack – it was before one of the Westworld trailers, which we'll get to uh, talking about Westworld here in a sec. But it was before one of the Westworld intros that I, I saw this movie and I was very fascinated because Hugh Jackman, I think, is one of those actors that kind of commands your your attention. If you see him in a movie, that's, that's like one of those things where you go, I might need to look into that. Uh, and I didn't know anything about the story going in, but I was – thoroughly surprised and i i thought it was honestly some of his best work that he's done yeah i uh i gave it a 76 out of 100 i watched it last night actually i don't know it was um i think the story there just wasn't too much excitingness to go along with the story that it just kind of was a little little bit boring at times and that's not to the fault of any of the actors or even the writers. It's just the stuff that they were working with just didn't quite have it. it. Like, and there was definitely an interesting stuff there. It just wasn't super duper interesting. And that's not to say I disliked it because I definitely did. Um, it was also weird to see Hugh Jackman in a role that isn't him just kind of being this typical zany, not zany, yeah. but this verbose type of guy, like whether it be, the greatest showman or Wolverine or Les Mis or stuff like that. It's a very dialed down role for Hugh yeah. Jackman and Allison Janney. I, uh, I watched West wing. Oh gosh, probably four or five years ago. Um, and I've loved her since then. That's really yeah. the first thing I saw her in. And I've seen her in a few things since then, but 
she's just kind of a fun actress to watch because she uh I don't know if it's fair to say that she plays a similar character in everything. Definitely not a similar character to West Wing, but her role in Itania and this one were kind of similar. Yeah. It's right there in the same vein. No, but I mean, yeah, I, I, I thought this, I, I really enjoyed the aspect of the, the student paper is the one that's, that's cracking down on this. I didn't really, I mean, again, I went in, completely blind i had no idea what was going on so i i found that really fascinating that the student paper was the one to kind of shed some light on this incident but uh for those of you who don't know what bad education is uh it's mostly uh, the description of the movie is a long island superintendent and his assistant are credited with bringing the distance or the district excuse me unprecedented prestige frank is a master of positive messaging whether before an audience or a community leaders or in an office concerned with students or parents. That changes when a student reporter uncovers an embezzlement scheme of epic proportions, prompting Frank to devise an elaborate cover-up. So just kind of, you know, it, it, it was one movie that I, I, going into, obviously, like I said, I had no idea anything about, and I just found it fascinating at every different turn. There, I do agree with you, Jacob, there was not a lot of action, or not necessarily action, but stuff to kind of keep me intrigued throughout the full movie, but I found Hugh Jackman's performance probably some of the most, uh, what kept my attention through the, the whole thing, and especially Allison Janney as well. I thought she was fantastic in this as well, so... Definitely a movie. If you have HBO, Hulu, or Amazon, I believe those are the what it's streaming on right now. If you have any of those, I would definitely go check that out. But diving into the topic that we were going to just talk about, uh, Westworld season three just finished this past Sunday, and I loved this season. I it did, was not as good as season one. Uh, I thought it was much better than season two. I feel I still think it goes one three two for me, um, but yeah, I I really enjoyed this season. What about you? <sighs> Here's how I reacted to pretty much every episode. So started out and I was like, oh wow, okay, this is promising. This is a lot better than that mumbled crap that season two gave us. Yeah, I think they might. This is kind of intriguing outside in the real world. Next couple episodes, I'm like, okay, this is really good. This is like back to almost caliber of season one. And then I just kind of started going, oh, what? Huh? Uh, no. What? That's stupid. Um, there's no way they're going to be able to pull that off. And then the finale, I went, holy crap, they didn't pull it off. This, this was terrible. I hated it. So the twist at the end was definitely i it was the most obvious twist i've it, it was it was pretty like you know you could see that one coming a mile away but i i was just kind of fascinated that they they did take it i i do agree i don't know how season four is gonna go season four i think if they can pull a lot of stuff off you know i they had they left off a couple of very interesting storylines with uh the man in black you know he's dead now so it's it's a yeah, hoax spoiler now. Alert. yeah spoiler alert if you haven't um, seen the most recent episode i the thing is i could care less about a single one of these characters except for ed harris yeah no i, I mean I, 
I also think Aaron Paul, not a good actor. He was good in Breaking Bad. Yeah, I was going to say. Else I've seen him in, man. Uh, in the penultimate episode, there was a point where he was just screaming at uh, the AI computer thing, not Rehoboam, but uh, Solomon, whatever, I think other, it was. Solomon, yeah. yeah. And he's just like, you're an idiot. I'm like, yeah. oh my God, that was yeah. the stupidest line I've ever heard. It just, they just didn't deliver for me whatsoever. Promising start of the season. If I were to, if somebody were to say, hey, should I watch season three of Westworld? I'd say, no. Am I going to watch season four of Westworld? Yes. Yeah. But I, I, I'm just kind of suckered in. I'm, I've invested too much already. Yeah. And I know I should uh, take some advice from my economics teachers and uh, learn by the sunken cost fallacy of, <laughs> hey, yeah, you're not going to get any of that time back if you continue no. watching. Yeah. Well, I know, but I, that's just who I am. I, I'm once intrigued. I start a show, for the most part, unless it's really, really bad, eventually I will finish all of it. Yeah. I, uh, no, I mean, I, I've had a lot of people ask me if, if Westworld was something that they should get invested to. I've told people season one of Westworld rivals a lot of, of television, in my opinion. There was so many beautiful twists, turns. Anthony Hopkins was phenomenal in that season. I thought everybody in that series, honestly, everybody in that, that series, that whole season was fantastic. Uh, and I thought the twists and turns were, you know, some of them were predictable, but a lot of them I did not see coming. Uh, again, spoiler alert if you haven't seen season one, but I did not see Bernard as a host coming. Yeah, I accidentally spoiled that for myself. I um, When I watched it, oh gosh, this is probably two years ago now or so, I... Uh, I was listening to a, another podcast. I'll give them a shout out. It's called freeze all motor functions and they didn't really have a intro. So they, they put it out into the world and they said, Hey, you guys make us an intro that we like. We'll send you a t-shirt or something. So I tried to, this was back before I even started anything in the media school realm. Um, and I was looking up people saying freeze all motor functions on YouTube, one of the clips that I clicked on was Bernard getting frozen. And I went, you've oh. got to be effing kidding me. <laughs> and I was like two episodes away. Yeah. No, I... So that kind of sucked. But yeah, still a very good season. Yeah. Um, anything Anthony Hopkins is in, is in, I'll pretty much watch. Yeah. I think, I don't know how they could have kept Anthony Hopkins around, but I think that's definitely a big detraction from the story that he's not here. I think it was also a big mistake that James Marsden wasn't in this season at all. Yeah. Um, those were the three characters I really cared about was Teddy, uh, Anthony Hopkins. Yeah. Ford and the man in black. Yeah. I mean, I, I suppose I liked Dolores in season one, but we didn't really know Dolores, Dolores until like season two, really into season one. Uh, it just shows how easy it is to screw up something that was so good. And I think that might be a detriment to Westworld that it was such a good first season that the bar is raised so high. But at the same time, you can't, us as viewers can't say, well, that was so good and this is fine. So we're just going to accept it and be okay with it and just say, and I'm not saying that you're, but there are people out there that are just blindly saying, well, no, this, hey, was, this was great. This was great. Like yeah. even like they, they even say that for season two. Yeah. You're like, no, no season it's not. two You're was moron. bad. 
I I remember at the end of season two. I, I, I couldn't even tell you the end of season two. I've blocked it from my memory. All I remember is that they were looking for the forge, I think is what it was. Yeah. And I don't think that, I don't think they paid it off in any way. Or even when they tried to start season three, they, <clears throat> they had Maeve, again, spoiler for season three if you haven't seen it. They had Maeve inside of like War World or whatever they want to call it. I'm not too sure. Uh, and then she went through all these like crazy, you know, you're not real. You're inside this. You're here. We're looking for the forge. We need you to do this. It was like all kinds of different stuff. But I don't even yeah. still think they paid off season the end of season two. I will say that I am glad because I there. I thought it was a real possibility that this whole season three was going to be inside of a simulation. I was and curious if they would have done some stupid crap like that. I wouldn't have watched season four. That's such a stupid trope to have nowadays. It's yeah. just you're dreaming. You're dreaming, or, or yeah. it's in a simulation. Just isn't. It's just not original. Like, yeah, maybe it was in like 1945, yeah. but it's not anymore. Yeah. No, I. I I, I I think what you said about season three mirrors exactly how I feel. Uh, barring a couple of different opinions as well, I thought season three started off really like I I was like wow I don't know if it was just season two left such a bad taste in my mouth that I was like season three is so good I might have to go back and rewatch a couple of those first episodes from season three, uh, but yeah towards the end I I I do agree I season or episodes six and or seven and eight because there were eight episodes in this season right yeah seven and eight i just was like i don't i I, i'm not sure i'm understanding nor i'm caring enough i i liked everything that you were leading up to and now you've just kind of turned it into this whole mess i think is the best way to put it and yeah and like the weird thing is it's it's not as big of a mess as it was in season two yeah. or even season one for that matter. Cause season one was definitely a mess, but it was a good mess. This yeah. type of mess that they have right now is just, I would, I don't even know if I would call it a mess. I would call it just bad storytelling. Yeah. I, I don't have much hope in Jonathan Nolan and Lisa joy. I don't know. I, I watched all those end of the episode stuff and I need to stop watching them because I, I don't even like looking at them anymore. Yeah, no, I I mean, that's how I felt about Game of Thrones when they used to do the, the ending stuff and they would have Dan and Dave. I, I Season eight was, it just got to the point where I didn't even want to see their faces anymore. I was so frustrated. I was so mad. I just didn't care. I, I, I knew that I wasn't going to get the answer or satisfaction that I wanted just from listening to them. I mean yeah that's a whole nother topic for a whole nother time that we can go into i think season three of westworld made season eight of game of thrones so much better absolutely no i i would rather watch season three of westworld than i would season eight no i'm saying the opposite oh you're saying the opposite yeah season because i i still think season eight of game of thrones was still a decent tv show to watch i think season three of westworld was on par with god friended me Okay. With, with what I want to watch in life. I, I don't want to watch God Friend of Me. I don't want to watch season three of Westworld. I want that information to just leave my mind. <laughs> I I had there were too many inconsistencies with season eight that I had with Game of Thrones that just bothered me. And anytime I would watch it, it just 
it prevented me from enjoying the show and and they're definitely i'm not saying that westworld season three didn't have that there were definitely glaring potholes and stuff like that as well but i for me personally i felt like there were less in season three than there were for season eight of yeah yeah but um let's talk about something positive i was gonna say let's let's move on to a good thing so if you don't have disney plus i don't know what the heck's wrong with you um also if you've if you consider yourself a star wars fan and i i've said this i think probably on all three episodes so far but you need to watch star wars the clone wars it's the animated series uh the original six i guess even seven seasons are from the minds of george lucas and dave filoni and even season eight is definitely from the mind of george lucas he definitely contributed to this stuff I'll, I've said it countless times. I'll say it again. It is some of the best Star Wars out there. It, the series finale, I watched it Sunday night. They released it early, about 10 o'clock my time, mountain time. And, I mean, it was perfect. It really was. There, there's a, a, Star Wars will be in good hands if it stays in the hands of Dave Filoni because he gets it. Most people don't get it. Most people, so I shouldn't say most people don't get it. Most people don't get it to the degree to tell great Star Wars stories because it's definitely possible and it's definitely possible to do it without just repeating all the same beats and themes that all the other movies have done. It's possible to tell these original star, these original stories in the Star Wars landscape while at the same time staying true to what Star Wars is, the themes behind Star Wars, and at the same time, you do still need to make it rhyme because like George Lucas said, um, yeah, it's, it's like poetry. It, it rhymes <laughs> and it does. Yeah. It, that's what it's supposed to do. But here's the thing. It's, it's, it's supposed to rhyme. It's not supposed to copy itself. It's not control C control V it's rhyming. It's poetry. Yeah. No, I mean, I, <clears throat> for me personally, I, I mean, I'm definitely not, I consider myself a Star Wars fan. I'm not nearly as big of a Star Wars fan as, as I think a lot of people are, especially you, Jacob. Uh, but this, the Clone Wars gives you that satisfaction that I don't think episode two quite delivered on. I, there's a much better Anakin throughout this whole series. Granted, you know, here and there, there could be some inconsistencies. I think the, the relationship between Anakin and Obi-Wan in this are much better than they delivered upon in the prequels. And I, I think that makes episode three, if you watch the clone wars and then watch episode three, that makes the battle at the end a lot more heart wrenching, I guess you could say. So I know, I know before we started recording, you said that you haven't watched this newest season at all. Just wait, baby. Just yeah. wait till these last four episodes. I'm sure. Um, it coincides with Revenge of the Sith. We see okay. Revenge of the Sith scenes happening happen in the last four episodes. It's I, incredible. And I'm super stoked. I mean, episode three, I think, is one of my most favorite Star Wars movies. That's that's top three, I think, for me. I don't know if it was just like me as a, as a child. That was like one of the very first Star Wars films I can actually remember going to. I mean, I saw episode one and two in the films, but I or in the theaters, but I don't really remember them as much as I do episode three. So there might be a strong nostalgia bond there, but I, I think everything that episode three had, I was really intrigued with. So I'm super stoked to to watch this last season. What I'm doing personally, 
I've already seen seasons one through six, um, but I, I needed probably more of a refresher. Also, something that I was inter- interested in doing and what I saw online is that uh, people have made the Clone Wars some of the best arcs that you can follow, um, which is definitely one way if you're not interested in watching all six or seven seasons, which I still think you should if you consider yourself a Star Wars fan, but if you don't have the time. I mean, they, they carve out at most six episodes from each season that are kind of must watches. Uh, and it's, it's made a, a very intriguing viewing process for me up until I get to season seven. So if you don't have all the time and, but you're still intrigued in watching the Clone Wars, just Google best Clone Wars arcs. It'll get you the episodes that, that are must watches. So if you, if yeah. you can, if you can, I would recommend watching the full thing, but I'm actually on my third watch right now. I, uh, so for the first one, I, oh gosh, this was probably back in 2015. Maybe I just kind of, I was bored and I saw it on Netflix and I was like, yeah, let's throw that on. And I did the same, watch it all the way through. And then after that, I was like, watch when you watch it, you'll realize, wait, that character's already died and he's in this season two seasons later. Yeah. Well, that's because they didn't do it in order. Yeah. Uh, little look into the mind of George Lucas is what the Clone Wars is because he doesn't tell his stories in linear fashion. And it's not the Quentin Tarantino jump around fashion. It's just he made this story about the Twi'leks here. And then he goes, um, I just thought of some background for those guys that we're going to tell and it was it took place like two months before and we're going to tell it now in season three when that story was first told in season one so they actually have the order chronologically online you can find it a few different places if you just type in clone wars chronological order i wouldn't do that for your first watch though because it can be kind of jarring because the animation evolves so much over time Mm -hmm. and that's the most prevalent in this last season because i mean it there were some scenes especially in that first bad batch arc where i was like is this a real movie yeah. <laughs> um yeah no so yeah I mean, I'm, on, I'm on my third rewatch now it, it marks on this thing here that you can watch uh exactly as jacob said you can watch it in chronological order although they do note that the show received a huge jump in production values at the beginning of season three. So some of the models may look incredibly different if you jump around from, you know, so I think the fir- very first episode of Clone Wars takes place in season two or three. I can't yeah, remember. Something like that. So if you watch that and then, you know, you go back and you watch uh, an episode from season one, it's going to look incredibly different and it's going to be, kind of jarring to you maybe if you're kind of a nitpick about how things look so definitely worth a watch though if you haven't seen Clone Wars and you consider yourself a Star Wars fan or even if you're just in the mood for just good animated television this is perfect animated television so moving on uh, staying with the Star Wars topic as it was just May the 4th on what was it Monday I think it was Monday yes uh we've got some star Wars news that, that trickled out. Uh, I am extremely excited about this. I don't know about you, Jacob, but Taika Waititi is going to be writing and directing the newest star Wars movie. Uh, Christy Lynn uh, or Christy Wilson, Karen's also to co-write on this, who also wrote, I believe it was our co-writer on 1917. Mm -hmm. So I am stoked for this. I I think Taika Waititi's 
Mandalorian episode was my favorite from the the last season. Um, if not, it was definitely the heist episode. I think that was episode six. So, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I I love Taika Waititi. I think he uh, he's one of the best new directors. I don't know if you can call him new, but I would, I would call him. I would venture to call him new, yeah. just because he hasn't been in the spotlight for all that long. And the things that I've seen from him, I've loved, whether it be Jojo Rabbit, whether it be the Mandalorian episode, whether it be Thor Ragnarok. He's just a very fun director. He, uh, it, he knows what makes these things click. He's got that relationship with Dave Filoni, which I will forever always bring up his name that I'm sure Taika will capitalize on. Absolutely. I'm not saying that he'll be a producer. Filoni will be a producer, writer on that. But if what TD's needs to ask any questions, he's got a guy right there that is probably the preeminent Star Wars mind besides George Lucas himself. Yeah. No, I mean, he he's... I think the Star Wars universe, if he's going to be the next writer and director, even if he wants to do the full trilogy, I would let him do it. Uh, I think he's in good hands. I think people will also, you know, if something needs to be said, I, I would hope that people need to, you know, kind of say what they, they want instead of just letting a, a Last Jedi kind of on their hands. Uh, I think... <laughs> retconning a lot of different things multiple times throughout series especially one trilogy is definitely very jarring when you watch it in the theaters so yeah and taika is not a guy that i would have wanted to direct one of the skywalker saga movies he's one of the guys that i would want to direct a star wars story that is not necessarily doesn't have to be involved with the skywalkers i mean i don't know what it's going to be about nobody does except for i guess taika and christy but um this is this is the ground to be an interesting filmmaker and to do new things and to test out new things because if this movie flops it doesn't just ruin the character of luke skywalker for a bunch of people it goes eh, that wasn't my favorite or it could be holy crap this new character i might like him more than luke yeah no i i mean and that's i think obviously i think for when force awakens came out in 2015 i think they needed a recognizable face uh or you know a recognizable group of people to be able to continue to tell a star a star wars story that people were interested in so that's why i do think that they went with you know the whole skywalker story continuing i thought that if they wanted to make a new star wars movie or at least a new trilogy that you just kind of open up a different story that's how I've always kind of wanted them to do it. So I'm excited. I hope that this is a new telling of, of something to do with star Wars. I've enjoyed, I mean, they're not necessarily my favorite, but the star Wars stories, whether it was solo or rogue one, I, that's a breath of fresh air than having to hear about the force every five minutes. Uh, I just don't care about Jedi. Sometimes I, I want to hear something else. I'm interested in, the seedy underbelly of, you know, a house Han Solo got his start. Wasn't a great movie, but I enjoyed seeing how Han Solo got his start and whatnot. So I, I hope Taika Waititi takes us in a direction that I don't have to see a lot of Jedis every five minutes and have them tell me about the Force or something to do with that. So, Yeah, I don't know. I There's a part of me that wants to agree with you, but I also do love all the 
delving into the force. I don't know if you ever heard what George Lucas's original plans for the sequel trilogy was going to be or not. But what it was, he was going to delve into like, I don't want to say midichlorians, but like kind of go some microbiology stuff in this stuff and and the sequel trilogy. And I would have been all for it. Number one, because it came from the mind of the maker himself, but number two, because that stuff is interesting to me. And he's Lucas is very good at combining mythology and kind of religious aspects and allegories into the new mythology for a new era. And I think Taika Waititi has a little bit of that gene. I, I would, I will, I don't need to say that I will watch anything that he directs. That's a star Wars movie because everybody knows that, but I will say that I will be very excited for anything that he directs. That's a star Wars movie, because I think he can do, whether it be a bit of a comedy like uh, Thor Ragnarok was, or whether it be a more serious thing that he's definitely done in the past. So I'm excited for yep. anything that he does. If it's Jedi stuff, I'm going to eat it up. Yeah. If it's not, I'm going to eat it up. I'm right there with you. I mean, I, I Taika Waititi is one of my, my most, anytime I see his name attached to something, I'm, I, I get very excited. Um, if if you guys haven't seen what we do in the shadows, it's a movie, or not? Sorry, not a movie. It's a it's a mockumentary. It's two seasons. It's available on Hulu right now. Uh, it's from the mind of Taika Waititi. He he wrecks uh wrecks it writes it. Uh, it is probably some of the funniest television I think I've seen. Uh, highly recommend it. He is. I think he also has a couple of. I, it's been a while since I watched it. I think he, he's in a couple of the episodes as well. Uh, just worth a watch. I would highly recommend it. So <clears throat> to, to continue the, the Star Wars talk as well, it looks like we've got another Disney Plus uh, show coming out with Emmy Award winner Leslie Headland. Uh, another live action series, I think. I, I, has it been announced what it is? We just kind of don't know. Nope, don't know what it is. To tell you the truth, I don't even know who Leslie Headland is. I had to look her up. I don't either. Yeah, she still... she wrote the Russian Doll stuff on Netflix, which I haven't seen, um, and she was the showrunner for that. And it, a lot of people like that show. Um, yeah. Said I know nothing about it besides there's some people that like it, but if yeah, can... I, I really don't have much commentary on this one. Just the yeah. fact that it's something that Disney, both of these things are things that Disney actually announced themselves. This wasn't a leak like the Ahsoka stuff played by Rosario Dawson. So I'm to believe that this is probably actually something that's going to happen. I don't know with Kathleen Kennedy's track record of firing people. I'm not going to get excited about something that's a TV show. That's not a big name. Yeah. until it actually happens that's why i am and i should hold my breath a little bit with the taika stuff but i can't it's exciting yeah L- just the luckily, thought of it. luckily i don't know who leslie headland is yeah so i don't have to be excited for it yeah. um and speaking about people being i was gonna say fired how about josh trank do you remember him yeah uh, he directed the awful uh god awful movie 
and was tapped to do a Boba Fett movie. And he was actually supposed to make an appearance at Star Wars Celebration. Oh, it was probably back in 2015, I think, would, would have been the year. I'm probably wrong on that. Somebody let me know. And he didn't show up. I'm not saying that he just completely ditched it. But what I am saying is that it was a very quick exit for him. And he just recently came out and told Polygon that he did not get fired from the Boba Fett movie that he was supposed to be directing and writing. He quit. When I first saw that headline, I was like, uh, yeah, BS. Yeah. Like, you everybody were definitely says fired, that. man. Yeah, everybody yeah. says that. Well, and then I kind of read the article and his quote was, I quit because I knew I was going to be fired if I didn't quit. So it was pretty so, much that, well, I'm going to quit before you can fire me. Yeah. You were fired before it even happened. I mean, let's just, let's just call it how it is. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know necessarily if he was, I, I'm curious to see who would have been the, you know, who was also chosen from the list of directors that they had to write and direct that movie. I, I don't know if it was his Fantastic Four movie that did him in. I mean, it could have been. I don't know. No, I think it's just that he's a crappy person and people hate working with him. And I think some of the stories finally came out about that. And he was probably being a little bit of a dick to Lucasfilm and Disney. And they were like, all right, yeah, I think we're done. And something kind of crazy that happened with that, like I said, he dropped out like a day or two before the panel that he was supposed to be on for this movie with the Rogue One uh, with uh, not Ryan Johnson, Gary Whitta for uh, the Rogue One director. I think it was Gary Witta. I'm probably wrong about that. But they really weren't supposed to feature Rogue One all that much at all in that panel. And it quickly became, oh, no, this is all going to be about Rogue One because that's the only thing we really have in production. Yeah, it is Gareth Edwards. That's what I said, right? I No, I said Gary Witta. Gary Witta is a Star Wars author. Uh, Gareth Edwards is the one that directed Rogue One. And the guys at ILM put together this, like, I don't know. It was probably like a 50 second trailer of, it was pretty much just a camera flying through, flying over top of Yavin four over some trees and then seeing the death star. And that was the trailer. And it was freaking awesome. Yeah. Cause they put it, they put it together in like two days. That just shows how awesome ILM is. But so that, I don't know. I don't know who to believe here. I mean, I'm sure Trank is actually probably telling the truth here that he quit because he was going to get fired. It, it's very interesting. <clears throat> Excuse me. It's very interesting because a lot of the, the movie news sites that I've been going to for the past couple of days, Trank seems to be one of the most, I don't know, like if something has just kind of happened recently that he just blew up. But I mean, you know, four out of the top, 10 articles that I'm reading have to do with Trank, you know, him bringing a gun on set because of the Johnny storm casting him quitting, uh, due to differences and views on the Boba Fett film. He was upset with how Fox wanted to do the reshoots for fantastic four. I mean, it's just, I don't know if he's just finally getting vocal about these things or if people are just now starting to care. It's just very interesting to see his name pop up all of a sudden after uh, how many years has it been since he was kind of let go or he was he quit? 
Uh, it's been about five years or so. Fantastic Four was in 2015, so I think that was right after. Around that time. It's just it's it's interesting. I don't know if there's necessarily a coincidence to it or whatnot. I mean, if you want to look deeper into it, sure there probably is. But I think kind of like what you said. I think he's just a bad person, and I think a lot of things are now just kind of starting to come up, and he's now trying to deal with it. But it is what it is. Uh, let's see. I, I guess moving on to another. Uh, this is more just news, kind of fit, wrapping up that Star Wars talk. We will come back to it in a second. Uh, just a couple of other news t- tidbits to touch up on. AMC and Regal are not going to be showing Universal movies. Um, any thoughts on that? Yeah, I think it's interesting. I mean, so the, have you seen the reasoning behind it? I have not. No, this is the first so, I actually heard about this. Yeah, so Universal released Trolls World Tour online or like they digitally released it instead of the theaters because of this whole COVID crap and what ended up coming of that it did pretty good a lot of people bought it like rented it and stuff and so they said something about well I think we might start looking at this avenue as a good place to release a bunch a bunch of our films and the Regal was the first one to uh um to say to get upset about it or no i'm sorry amc was the first one to get upset about it and they're like um i'm sorry then we're not going to show any of your movies because if you're not going to support us we're not going to support you like you can't just pick and like it's pretty much what they're saying like uh you just can't pick and choose what you're going to release you can't just release all these big movies on there and later the universal i think president or chief content creator somebody like that came out and said oh no no no, that's not what we well that's not what we meant what we meant was we're going to start doing some additional movies to not only release in the theaters but we're going to do some smaller ones to release at home just to kind of build up some money in order to make some of these bigger movies like fast and furious and james bond and stuff like that and that's this is the type of game plan that a studio I think should follow. This is what Blumhouse does and they produce a lot, a lot of crap, but for really cheap for like a lot of times under 6 million, under $5 million and it's crap, but it's horror and it kind of makes the, makes a fair amount of money at the box office. And then they use that money to make these big movies like the, uh, like the Jordan Peele, horror movies us and let get out get out i almost said let me let me out but that's just not it (laughs) um yeah so i don't know it's interesting i think and also if you look at what is on tap for universal the next big movie that's gonna be coming out is in like december for them and that's james bond and after that is like 2021 all the rest of it is just kind of a bunch of crap that probably wouldn't make any money anyways so I think this is just some classic negotiation tactics going on. And I think that by the time movie theaters open up, everything's going to be over with. I think AMC and Regal will be happy to have those big James Bond and Fast and Furious movies back in their studio. And especially if this is a an AMC deal, like I, it would be different if the if it was reversed and Universal said that they weren't going to distribute to AMC or Regal. That would be a lot different. I think AMC, you know, like you said, come the time that it's actually 
time to release James Bond, the new James Bond. I think they will be in a mode of let's get, let's, let's release these films. Let's make some revenue from this. You know, we're, if you want to say that they're going to say that we're sorry for, you know, all this kind of stuff that we dealt with earlier then sure. But I, I think this is going to be something that gets resolved probably fairly sooner rather than later, I think. So I'm not necessarily too worried about AMC or Regal not showing the universal movies, especially since theaters are probably going to be one of the lowest earning businesses for the next couple of months, I would say until maybe right around that time, you know, holiday 2020 where all the big movies are starting to come out. So I I think AMC is going to be just fine. Sorry, I'm laughing. We've got some webcam malfunctions. Yeah, this webcam is just designed very poorly. It like the clip isn't how the clip is supposed to be. So like usually when you think of a webcam, the clip would be facing down so the camera yeah. can so that way it can out, direct can face sideways. Yeah. Well, no, this one is clipped like it off to the side as well. So if you clip it like on the top of your computer. The camera would face your keyboard. Yeah, that's what I, that's what I noticed most of the times that it was just angling down. Stupid. So <laughs> I've got I've got this crazy contraption. So I apologize for distracting you. That's okay. I I at one point I just f- tunnel visioned onto my own camera and I got what I needed to say. So we're we're yeah. all good there. There we go. Yeah. I'm back. Yeah, good. I'm back. Uh, another piece of news. This is something I love. This genre. Uh, of movies uh, a quiet place writers scott beck and brian woods are teaming up with sam raimi for an original sci-fi thriller i love any kind of thriller and i think when you add a sci-fi twist onto that man that that has the possibility of being good i think the writers that you've got for this movie are pretty good sam ray sam raimi pretty you know he's got a good track record with directing movies some of the time, uh, so I I'm hoping for a good one. I man, I I thoroughly enjoyed Blade Runner 2049, and if you can give me something like that, I I'm all for it. Yeah, I mean anything that has the word original in it, yeah. I'm gonna watch. Right. Uh, um, just because that's so lacking in Hollywood nowadays, there aren't original stories told anymore for the most part. The few people that are doing it are Taika Waititi and S. Craig Zaylor. There's a few other people out there, but if the, if they're down to do something somewhat original, that's just not Let a them do spin it. off of something. Sign me up. Yeah. Now I I I am all for a, a new if we can make a new franchise out of something or a new you know big deal another cult following movie kind of deal. I'm all for. It. I love those kinds of movies. I I was a huge fan of of the original Blade Runner and then. 2049 came out and i am more of a fan of 2049 than i am of the original but it's movies like that where i i get excited about you know these new deals of of things that that can just cause excitement so i if again to piggyback off what you just said if you can give me a new original sci-fi thriller i man i'm all in yep for sure all right, uh, one little piece of, of minor news. Uh, new Tom Cruise movie will be filmed, uh, actually filmed aboard the ISS Space Center. <laughs> so i kind of interested. see who he's partnering with? I, with SpaceX, done. yeah. Yeah, with all Elon Musk, who yeah. just named his 
kid eight what in the heck? yeah <laughs> eight twelve i was so i got on those Twitter last tom night. cruise and Elon musk seem like a two peas in a pod right there do you think tom cruise converts them to scientology definitely a possibility, possibility? A possibility. Definitely a possibility. Yeah. elon I'd musk put, seems like one of those those weirdos that that might might end up yeah doing that. i would i would put money on that to be like if i were to set some odds i'd probably say like that would be like plus 240 yeah it's, it's not a like good line plus 900 but yeah. it's not it's a good line yeah it, it's not it's less likely to happen than it is but it's definitely likely yeah so very intrigued it, it's not announced what the actual movie is about a lot of people were rumoring that this could have been part of mi- the new mission impossible 7 is it seven at this point? I don't know, but I think that that would be my guess. And like yeah, seven, I don't know. I always figured that, uh, not Need for Speed. Um, Dwayne Johnson, Vin Diesel. Oh, the Fast and Furious. Fast and Furious. I figured yeah. Fast and Furious would be the first franchise to actually make it into space. Oh, okay. We're just gonna keep talking about Star Wars because back when Colin Trevorrow was supposed to direct Episode Nine, he also wanted to send a camera up to space to get some shots for, for star wars that would have been cool yeah just like a backdrop so yeah. tom cruise got her done for us like well i shouldn't say that yet it hasn't happened yet yeah maybe but i mean is he going to space that's so that's what i'm wondering i mean he again does all of his own stunts that man is absolutely insane at the age of i think he's like 57 58 mm-hmm. you're gonna send a man that old and i mean i say that old but i is that old for somebody sending somebody into space? Is there an age requirement to be sent into space? Um, not to my knowledge, but I would assume that there is one. I'm assuming we can't send I, grandpa and grandma up there. I, yeah, because I would imagine launching into space is not necessarily an easy task to do. I feel like there's a lot of train. I mean, again, he goes through a lot of training and he puts his body through a lot of stuff for different movies. So maybe he is actually ready. I is it i i don't Wouldn't know i passed him as well i'll say i i mean he if he's actually doing any of the stunts that he's doing in top gun i wouldn't put him past it that he's ready to solo man fly a machine up to the space center um i don't think there's any way that he's going to be solo, <laughs> solo flying it he will definitely have a crew and he will be in the passenger seat with no responsibilities that would be the best except to be filmed yeah. would be my guess yeah maybe he'll push a couple of buttons here and there but yeah uh, just, i don't even think that they would be fake buttons for the movie yeah exactly yeah It'd make it look like he's doing something but yeah that, that was just a little interesting piece of of news that i thought hopefully comes true i mean we'll, i guess we'll see uh last little bit of news here we've got nick cage set to play joe exotic is this a, a movie that's potentially coming out or are they doing like a tv show documentary series maybe. mockumentary yeah something okay. like that if if you guys haven't seen tiger king on netflix i don't know what you've probably been doing i mean it's been the talk of the town on everybody's social media especially at the start of the quarantine it's not great it's it's just intriguing that's the best yeah the first couple it. episodes are very intriguing and then it, it was there's a lot of shows and movies that i've got two tvs in my apartment so i'll be playing i by the way i just got ncaa football 12 i got 13 over here yeah i um so i've been playing that the last week and i'll if there's things that i need to watch 
for whether it be a podcast that I'm listening to or something like that, or just something that I think I should be culturally aware of. I'll put it on the small TV and kind of have it on in the background while I'm playing. Let's see. So I started off as offensive coordinator for Western Michigan. We went, I think seven and five made it to the Hawaii bowl and lost 27 to seven. Okay. Well, uh, that was a can't bummer. always be winners. No, but I did a pretty good job of recruiting for them, and I decided to take my talents elsewhere. Ooh. I was really hoping I could get a job as as an offensive coordinator at some sort of big school. None of those offers came. I am okay. now the offensive coordinator for Northern Kentucky, maybe. Step up, Something maybe. Like that. I don't yeah. know. Is that? I'd say it's it's. It's a step to the side, but yeah, I've hey, got an athletic quarterback now. So I was gonna say you we'll got to make lateral moves. Yep. So I think it's no, a two-year I, contract. I I love I love those NCAA games. I that's honestly the dynasty feature is so fascinating. I love starting out at kind of like what you're doing. I mean, you have to. It's it's unfair if you don't. Uh, starting out at those no-name schools and working your way up to big Power Five conference, whatever intrigues your fancy but and so what my real plan is i'm going to eventually i'll probably i'm shooting for like offensive coordinator at maybe nebraska and then head coach job at like maybe a school a little smaller than that all right maybe acc maybe something like clemson and then head coach of a big school and then what i'm going to do i'm going to take my talents to the university of wyoming and I am going to win a national champion with them by the time the 80 years that I have to do that is up. Yeah, exactly. Uh, back in 2012, was Nebraska part of the Big 12 or were they Big 10? Um, whatever the one they're not in right now. Okay, so Big 12. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And I couldn't remember when they made that, that move. A&M is still in the Big 10. I tried to set it up where it's recent, yeah. but – everything just kind of went awry because yeah. like the big east isn't a thing anymore yeah they don't they don't like that so it, it it just was starting to give me a headache so i said all right never mind what what i did do i made the mountain west pretty dang good i threw byu in there tcu okay. still in there from 2012 um boise state's in there so it's a pretty good conference boise state actually won the national championship last year i remember the mountain West over texas a&m god back in back in the day the mountain west was a lot of fun to watch between mm-hmm. boise state csu new mexico state don't Fresno. throw csu in there that is disgusting they I do mean, not belong to be talked with the likes of boise state and wyoming and they definitely TCU. don't but they were there they were, they were there. there you could you can say that at the very least they were there uh, all right, moving on. I think this is going to kind of start to wrap up show. We're going to do uh, – do you want to stick with four rounds or do you want to you knock it up? Let's go – let's go six. All right, we're going to do a six-round draft of our favorite Star Wars characters. Uh, we'll have Jacob start. If he Obviously, if you're unfamiliar with how a draft works, he's going to take a player. Obviously, I can't take that player or character. Uh, we're just going to go back and forth for six rounds until we have our team and we'll discuss and see who's got the better lineup. So Jacob, take us away. Really quickly, I would like to uh, apologize to the school that I'm actually an offensive coordinator at. I am a big fan of now the Arkansas State Red Wolves. Got to give them the respect. Got that confused with Western Kentucky, not God. the same school. Yeah. Not Two the same school, states. but yeah. Go Red Wolves. Go Red Wolves. 
So I'm starting this off, huh? You say, I, are you sure you want me to have the first pick? You can have the first pick. I've got a pretty confident, my draft board, when you sent me the lineup, I, I went over the draft board in my head. So I've got a pretty comfortable lineup, I think. All right. Well, the first pick, I am going to go with a guy that I have loved my entire life. Not in that sort of way, but in the way that he's always been my favorite character. That is Obi-Wan Kenobi. All right. Fair enough. Uh, my pick is, I think, not very surprising. This is my favorite character. I used to walk around blaring the music of this character, but that's going to be Darth Vader. Interesting. So, for the next pick, I am going to go with the person that you or the character that you call whenever you're in trouble, he's always there and he always bails you out. And that is R2-D2. I was going to pick R2-D2 next. Damn it. <laughs> okay. Pick by me then. That was a good pick. Um, well, you got me in a bind, but I feel like this is a character that, man, you just, you, you got if you know Star Wars, you have to have him. I'm gonna go with Master Yoda. That's fair. I uh, for my next pick, I'm gonna. It's gonna be along the similar line of R2D2. It uh, another guy. Some may call him man's best friend, but I think that's a little too demeaning for my Wookie. Going with Chewbacca. It's a good pick. It's a very good pick. Uh, all right. Let's see. So I've already got two. I think I got to take Chewbacca's best friend. I'm going to go Han Solo. So I don't want this character stolen from me because I know this is going to make me win the draft. It is a tiny character who everybody fell in love with just a few short months ago. And that is, of course, sweet, little, cute Baby Yoda. Fair enough. That is very fair. Okay. Um, let's see. I, oh, man. I'm in a tough spot now. I think I am going to go a little... Little, a little unorthodox here. I need a droid to to kind of fill up my squad. I'm gonna go K2SO from Rogue One. Even though you don't like Rogue One, I don't like Rogue One, but he was he was pretty fascinating about Rogue One. If you don't like a movie, I think you should be banned from drafting the character. Okay, I mean, I could I could pick a different. No, one. no, no. All that's right. okay. That's okay. okay. All right. That's okay. So, the best character to come from the animated series is Ahsoka Tano. Yeah. And that's the person I'm going to take. Um, a very male heavy draft here. Usually I don't point that stuff out, but man, let's see what you do with your last pick. See, I feel like you kind of threw it to me and now I got to, now I got to take a girl too. You don't I, have to. I, you I, don't I think have I, to. I think I'm going to though. Um, man. It is between two right now, and I think 
I'm gonna have to take Ray. Should we just throw it ten rounds? I mean, we could. Eh, might as well. Let's yeah. do it. I mean, this is going so, s- kind of quick. Yeah, I mean, I have to go with a character who is actually written well throughout five of the six movie that movies that she's in. And that's Leia. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go for, this is one that I, I had, I don't know why I loved him as, as much as a kid, even though he was in the movie, two movies for about approximately 30 minutes, but I'm going to go Boba Fett. Eh, not bad. Um, also, are you forgetting about episode two? I am forgetting about episode two because I don't want to talk about episode two. I like episode two and I think. I like Daniel Logan as well. Right. For my seventh pick, I am going to go with man. I think oh man. I want to go you know what? We're going to do it. Not the one I was actually thinking of, but the one that I forgot that I was thinking before I've thought of this last guy. Poe Dameron. He is was... definitely my favorite character from the sequel trilogy. Um the only one that I like in all three movies. Yeah, that, that, that's my pick. Fair enough. Uh, that was definitely going to be one of my picks. I was hoping he would slide a little bit later. Um, my seventh pick, I'm going to go with General Grievous. I, hmm. I got to have the boy. <coughs> all right. Pick number eight. I got to go. I mean, you can't do a Star Wars draft without the chosen one because I would argue that we don't have him yet. I would argue that Darth Vader is a much different character altogether than that of Anakin Skywalker. So that's my pick. Fair enough. I am. Man, I feel like I need some more shooters here. Um, well, just because I don't think you're going to take this shooter, I'll wait. I'll hold off. I'm going to go with Darth Maul. Oh, interesting. All right. I've got a pretty – actually, every single character on my list so far is a good guy. And i got to go with the guy that's been there through all nine movies. Maybe he wasn't seen in A New Hope, and he wasn't seen in The Force Awakens or The Last Jedi. But he was there. He was, he was there. there, no doubt. He was there. He was talked about in four. You could make an argument that he was in seven and eight as Snoke, because I think he was probably controlling Snoke. I, so we're yeah. going to go with Emperor Palpatine. Fair enough. Uh, so the shooter I'm going to go with, just in case, I, I, I don't want to jinx myself. I'm going to go IG-88, which is from The Mandalorian. That is who Nakatiti plays. Nah, 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 nah. He plays IG Eleven. Oh no, is uh, IG? No, yeah, yeah. IG Eleven is who Taika plays. IG Eighty Eight is from Empire Strikes Back. That is. All right. Well, I no, said you what... you can still have IG Eighty Eight if you want. Okay. I mean, unless you want IG Eleven. I want Eleven. I don't know. I swear, is he one of the bounty hunters in Episode Five? Yeah. Okay, that's why. Okay, I yeah I I you want eleven. Yeah, I want eleven. Okay, I that's fine. Mix up. 
Okay, so this is our last pick of the draft. Correct. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Yeah, so last pick. So I am going to go with a character that just is not very well known, but he is a musician. And when I say what type of music he plays, you probably won't believe me, but it's true. He is a jizz musician, which is the Star Wars version of jazz. Okay. <laughs> His name is Max Rebo. And I think that Why is- Why does that sound perfect. familiar? He's blue. He kind of looks like an elephant mixed with Yoda. I'm seeing him right now. I that He not only plays the drums, but he also plays the piano at the same time. That's pretty skillful. So, yeah, I mean, I gotta have somebody to entertain. I'll, uh, man, I, I was gonna piggyback off that, but it's not necessarily as an entertainer. This is just, I, <laughs> I feel like you're gonna hate me for this one. I'm gonna take Wicket Warwick, the the Ewok from Episode Six. I like it. No, yeah. I like it a lot. A lot of people hate the Ewoks. I don't mind the Ewoks. I th- I thought they were fine. See, I thought you were going to go with Droopy McCool, another member of the Max Rebo band. So I saw that, and then I also saw the the Cantina band, but I figured I couldn't take all of the Cantina band. No, huh? So, that would be cheating. Yeah, so I figured, you know, I'll just I'll I'll keep it entertaining because I just I just want to listen to them talk. That's all I want to hear. My uh, uh a, a good follow up pick that I was going to take, depending upon how your 10 went as I was going to take either Wedge Antilles or I was going to take um, oh god what's his name now I got to scroll through uh, Admiral Akbar one of those okay. those are both fair but we've got our 10 yep. so we're, we're going to tweet this out as a poll and you can tell us who did better we won't, we'll tweet it out once the episode drops true uh, I mean me personally uh, well, I'll just kind of run through my characters as well. I got Darth Vader, yeah, Yoda, Han Solo, K2SO, Rey, Boba Fett, General Grievous, Darth Maul, IG-11, and Wicket. Mine are Obi-Wan Kenobi, R2-D2, Chewbacca, Baby Yoda, Ahsoka Tano, Leia Organa, Poe Dameron, Anakin Skywalker, Emperor Palpatine, and probably the best character from the entire saga, Max Rebo. Absolutely. 100% agree. All right, uh, so yeah, so we'll let you guys decide between Jacob and I who's got the better draft, who came out of this on top. Winner has to, I don't know. I mean, we, we can discuss that later. Yeah, how about, how about whoever wins, you have to assign a movie that is streaming that the other person has to watch. So has it can be watch. as good or bad as a, of a movie as you can come up with. And we yeah. don't have to do that right now. We'll, we'll do that next week. Yeah, we can, we can worry about that later. Uh, so we'll, we'll start wrapping up here. Uh, we're going to do something that we always do, and we're going to give out movie recommendations uh, to the folks at home who are listening, movies that they should watch that are streaming now. Jacob, would you like to take us off? 
Yeah, I've got three for you, as I typically do. The first two are both on Disney+, and they're childhood favorites of mine, especially this first one. The first one is Hercules, um, the Disney Hercules, that is. And it is probably my second favorite Disney movie. The only one that I like more is probably Robin Hood. Um, of course, Lion King's up there as well, but I just love Hercules. I had a huge crush on Meg. <laughs> I still do. Yeah. I mean, I think no, she's, that's fair. she's one of the most fun characters out there. It's the, the music is great. Old Michael Bolton just singing his heart out. It, it's, it's just a good movie. Yeah. And then my second movie is kind of funny story behind this one. I, uh, I've been doing some trivia with my friends. A couple of weeks ago, I came up with all the trivia questions myself and kind of quizzed all the different couples that I have in my friend group from Fort Collins and asked them. And then last night, we had trivia of SpongeBob and Pirates of the Caribbean. And after, watch, after doing that Pirates of the Caribbean trivia, I am not very good at it. And I need to brush up. So... The recommendation is Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Man's Chest from 2006, the original one. It's, it's, it's a great movie. Watch it they the other day. Of, yeah, they kind of go downhill from there on, but I don't know how much I agree with what I just said there. I, I think a lot of them are still good, and there's definitely still good parts in all of them, except for maybe the most recent one. And then for my third one, uh, another classic. Um, many people actually consider this the best movie of all time, and that would be Back to the Future, which is streaming on Netflix. Yeah. And again, Hercules and Pirates of the Caribbean are both on Disney+. Plus. Yep. Uh, so I've got three as well. Uh, I had to write them down on my phone. Uh, so the first one is going to be, if you guys haven't seen it, I would at least recommend it. It's The Edge of 17. It's on Netflix. Pretty dang good movie. I, I won't go too far into it. Uh, it's just something better worth watching. Uh, number two is going to be Mid-90s. That's on Amazon Prime. Uh that was a Jonah Hill movie that or directed by Jonah Hill movie that I didn't expect to enjoy. Wasn't phenomenal, but I enjoyed it a lot more than I thought going into it. Uh, and the last one, it just recently came out. It's if you're into the action movie scene or genre, it's definitely a, a must watch. It's not a good story at all, but the newest extraction movie with Chris Hemsworth, uh, highly recommend those three. Uh, first one, uh, edge of 17 is on God, what did i say it was on netflix uh as is extraction those two are on netflix and then mid 90s is on amazon prime those three i would definitely recommend you guys to check out so. i'll tell you what let's uh next week let's review each other's oh okay yeah because i haven't it. seen it yet um yeah. so I'll, listening watch extraction it's gonna be spoilerific I and watch season seven of the clone wars because i i'll I've hopefully have been caught up by then we can talk a little bit more about that as well there we go uh jacob where can the people find you on twitter instagram yeah, myspace you can, uh, you can follow me on pretty much every social media platform that matters aka just twitter and instagram at roth in wyoming again that's at roth in wyoming r-o-t-h-i-n-w-y-o-m-i-n-g and then you can actually find some of my writings on my blog it's the rndup.wordpress.com so that's the roundup just without the 
vowels and round the rndup.wordpress.com. Uh, that's pretty much the only places that you need to find me. Yeah. And you can find me, uh, Mason Stewart underscore 22. That's on Twitter. On Instagram, I believe it's Mason Stewart underscore 10. Uh, don't forget to follow. We've got the Mile High. I, man, I'm totally blanking on the, the Twitter handle that we have for the Mile High Movie Cloud podcast. I believe it's just called Mile High Movie. Um, be sure to follow us on Twitter there. Um, we've got a website. I've been working on that. More to follow. Best way I can put it. Uh, anything else to add, Jacob? Uh, make sure you subscribe to the platforms that you listen to the podcast on. And if you would, leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Absolutely. Let us know how we're doing, things we can improve upon, things you only guys nice want to hear. Only nice reviews. Yes, only don't, don't nice. Don't be mean. Yeah. If you have anything mean to say, say it to me on Twitter. Don't or say just, it to me on the review. Just don't say it at all. Nah, say it to me. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> all right, guys. Hopefully you guys have a good one. Uh, we'll see you next week. Bye.
You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go.